Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at virtual.com slash podcast. Star Wars 7x7, episode 897. Well, the gloves are off. It is full spoiler territory here on Star Wars 7x7, and I'm going to be sharing my initial thoughts and observations after having seen the movie not once, not twice, but three times in the last 24 hours. Punch it, Chewie. Hi, this is Trisha Barr, author of Ultimate Star Wars and host of Fangirls Going Rogue, and you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, the only daily Star Wars podcast. Hey Rebel Rouser, welcome to Star Wars 7x7. I'm your host, Alan Voivod, and I didn't necessarily set out to see the movie three times in 24 hours. Not that I was opposed to it by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a funny thing that it happened that way. And I talked about this on a previous podcast, about the idea that the first time seeing it, I'm really kind of hyper-analyzing things and putting pieces together compared to what I knew walking into the movie and that sort of thing. And it's not until the second or third viewing that I'm able to kind of distance myself and experience it the way it's meant to be experienced. So now I've got my three, and I keep going back to a comment that Bobby Roberts made about non-Star Wars fans checking it out and saying, it's a Star Wars movie and it does Star Wars things. And when you put it that basically, you can see how it's easy to develop an appreciation for a Star Wars movie, even if it's not your favorite Star Wars movie. So it's easy to see how Rogue One could certainly make its way into the top tier of fans' favorite Star Wars films. And unique among them, it is the most connected to Lucasfilm media outside of the movie realm. There's, of course, the addition of the character of Saw Gerrera, who showed up first in the Clone Wars cartoon series. Then there's the fact that there is a flashback scene that has to take place during the time period of Star Wars Catalyst, a Rogue One novel. If you remember the scene when Jin is asleep on the U-Wing while they're on their way to Jeddah, and she's dreaming about being down in the well and getting rescued by Saw Gerrera, but she's also dreaming about a scene that appears to be happening in the Urso's apartment on Coruscant, where they were staying while Galen was doing his research into what he thought was clean energy, but was really about powering the Death Star super laser. That's the scene which features a younger Krennic with darker hair, as well as Galen and Lyra, and it is Lyra on the pronunciation, and a very young Jin being put back to bed by Galen. And if you've read Catalyst, then certainly the dynamic between Galen and Lyra and Orson Krennic when he shows up is definitely well informed by a reading of Catalyst. It provides a subtext for their exchange that makes the scene all that much more fulfilling. 
and of course the established fact that the Ursos know Saw Gerrera, that's set up in Catalyst as well. As for Rebels, I feel like we're missing something somehow, because I seem to recall some, maybe it was a tweet from Pablo Hidalgo saying that there are going to be a lot of Easter eggs for Rebels fans in the movie, but as far as I know, there are only a couple so far that have been talked about, revealed, that sort of thing. One of them is that there's a ship that looks very much like the ghost from Star Wars Rebels. It appears in the hangar in Yavin 4 in one shot, and then it's seen a couple of times in the space battle over Scarif. Now, whether that really is the ghost is up for interpretation. I don't know if I've seen it confirmed, but it probably is, because, of course, there was also an announcement over the loudspeakers as Jin was walking out of the Alliance Council meeting where you hear a reference to General Syndulla. Now, of course, there are two Syndulas in Star Wars. That would be Cham Syndulla, who is the father of Hera Syndulla. Hera, of course, part of the crew in Star Wars Rebels. It would seem that the smart money is on it being Hera Syndulla in this case because Cham is fighting the good fight on Ryloth, and chances are he is not going anywhere as far as Ryloth is concerned. He's got too much to take care of, and he is fiercely independent, doesn't want to have anything to do with either the Empire or the Rebellion. So Hera it is, at least by our reckoning here. And the last one to talk about has to do with Chopper himself. Supposedly Chopper has been seen at Yavin 4. Now this is a blink and you'll miss it one. I saw what looked like it could be Chopper, but I wouldn't swear to it necessarily. But there's a rebel communications technician who runs off to tell Mon Mothma that the rebels are (laughs) in the midst of an engagement on Scarif. And... When he's running, he passes by a short and squat astromech droid that certainly does look on first blush like Chopper. And then, of course, there are the changes to the movie, which are plentiful, to say the least. And this has been something that, like, from the moment I saw the movie the first time, there have been things that have just been, like, you know, a splinter in my brain. And someone named Gonzi Merchant, who is a member of the Star Wars Podcast Alliance group on Facebook, started posting screenshots from trailers and teasers and commercials of scenes that did not appear in the movie. And there's quite a lot of them, a lot more than you would expect. And it also flags dialogue that we didn't hear in the movie, but that we've heard in teasers and trailers and whatnot. Like, for example, Baze Malbus saying, I fight the Empire now. Or the fact that the way Donnie Yen's cheered Imwe character delivered the all is as the Force wills it line, that it's delivered differently in the movie from the way we hear it in commercials and trailers. That stuff definitely does warrant its own podcast or two or three because it makes it appear that the movie really did significantly change as a function of the reshoot, something that we had kind of been told, not so much, that, you know, all this stuff was built into the schedule and it wasn't a big deal with the time because that had to do with conflicting schedules of people and that sort of thing. But, yeah, I think we have a lot more to learn about this whole business with the reshoots and how the story changed as a result of them. So we'll talk about that soon, and in the meantime, I'm going to take a quick break and then tell you about how you can enter to win one of these seven $25 Rogue One commemorative gift cards, courtesy of Fandango. Stay tuned. Hey, Rebel Rouser. You're listening to this podcast. Maybe you'd like to listen to a Star Wars story, too. Luckily, we've got just the thing for you. We've partnered with Audible to give you a free download and a free 30-day trial of their awesome service. All you got to do is go to audibletrial.com SW7X7 to sign up and get your free download. They've got dozens of Star Wars titles 
anything you want to do to explore that galaxy far, far away. One more time for you, audibletrial.com slash SW7X7. Welcome back. Here is the deal on how to enter to win one of the seven Rogue One commemorative gift cards worth $25 each, courtesy of Fandango. To be eligible, all you have to do is leave a review of the podcast on iTunes. And yes, that means that everybody who has already left a review on the podcast, you are already entered to win. So congratulations on being proactive about this opportunity. (laughs) Of course, is really proactive if you left the review back in 2014, but I digress. Anyway, if you post a review anytime between now and 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on December 24th, 2016, yes, just before Santa arrives, then you will be eligible to win one of those seven gift cards. As for the fine print, you must be 18 years or over and a U.S. resident in order to participate in this one. Although, if you live outside the U.S., that doesn't mean that your reviews aren't appreciated. Quite the contrary. In fact, I'm greatly appreciative for any effort you spend to tell the world about what you think of Star Wars 7x7. Then tune into the podcast on Tuesday, December 27th to find out if you've won. Thank you very much in advance for those reviews wherever in the world you may be delivering them from. And I hope you enjoy your next viewing of Rogue One wherever in the world that may be too. Thanks for listening and may the Force be with us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you fall in love with a queen in disguise, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if the show's been worth your time, please support us at patreon.com SW7X7. It's not a deep space angel, it's destiny unleashed. This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox. It is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2016 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.